Whoever you are, wherever you live, whatever size your living space, you can do more than you think to lead a greener lifestyle. In the Sustainability Book Chat, we are talking to authors and experts about all the different ways that achieving sustainability is within your reach. and welcome to today's episode. This is totally different than anything I have ever done before. And I'm really excited about it because we are joined today by Diane Sorensen, who is an employment law attorney. And she just published her first book, which is a children's book called The Tales of Mr. Ken Rooster and the Six Sassy Hens. Welcome to the show today, Diane. Thank you so much. I really appreciate being invited to be on your show. Yeah, I am really excited about this because as I was saying before we started, my children grew up in the suburbs initially. It wasn't until my youngest was nine that we moved to the country and we had tons of books that I read to my children and so many children's books include animals and gardening and things like that. I thought the books were great. And then we moved to the country, started growing our own food. And now I am reading those same books to my grandson and I am just horrified. At the <laughs> They're so inaccurate. There's just so <laughs> much bad information in there. And so it's really cool because you actually got inspired to write this book because you got chickens. So tell us a little bit about your inspiration for the book. Well, it's kind of a combination and absolutely it was through getting chickens that I was inspired to write it. But I have one daughter and she's an adult now and and I don't have any grandkids yet. But when she was growing up, I read her all the time too. And one of our favorites, hers and mine, were the Beatrix Potter books. And I would marvel, I've always been an animal person. I would marvel at how right Beatrix Potter got animals. She just incorporated their personality and she put a lot of humor into what she wrote. And we just, my daughter and I both just loved those books. And I suppose in some ways, you know, that that was always in the back of my head, how much I admired that and the bringing animals to life like that. And so in 2019, my husband and I got chickens for the first time, little baby chicks. And when I was a child, my, on my dad's side, my grandparents had some chickens, but only when I was very little. And I don't remember much about it, except there was a scary rooster. So, you know, a lot of people have that memory, but I didn't know anything about chickens when we got them in 2019. And it's been a huge learning curve. And the COVID shutdown happened, of course, as we all know, in March of 2020. And it allowed me to spend so much time with my flock of chickens. I would, on nice days that spring, I would take my computer outside, work outside, and I would just hear those chickens and their conversations that they were having as they moved around our backyard um, and interacted with me and with each other. And, you know, that combined with so many people saying when I was so excited about chickens and I'd put a lot of things on Facebook about how cool they were. So many times people would say, oh, I had chickens growing up. Chickens are so stupid. You know, chickens have those tiny little brains. And and I thought, you know, people need to know how incredible these creatures are, how very complex and what better way than to tell children 
to give them stories that really are, as you saw, I'm sure, Deborah, when you read my book at the start, I say these are the true stories. And they really are. Of course, I've embellished the conversation, you know, imagining what they may say to each other. But all of the events, you know, in the book really happened. And I just just love the idea of bringing them to life for other people. Yeah, I love that. I know when I was reading about the story about the fox and the raccoon and everything, you know, it was like, yeah, that's the way it is on a farm when you've got chickens. So yes, they're everybody's favorite food, unfortunately. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good way to put it. (laughs) So one thing I was wondering about, because you there's a great picture of you with your rooster in the back of the book. And it looks like he's a barb rock. Uh-huh. Yes. Is his name Ken? Yes, his name is Ken. Okay. Because you were talking about your father told the stories about Chester the chicken. Yes. Right. My father was always a storyteller. I was the same. I picked that up from him. And so even though this is the first book I have published, I have been telling stories my whole life and I've written a lot of stories. I just am always thinking of stories. I don't know how my brain works. (laughs) Yeah. So the names of the hens and everything are all the same as yours? Yes. And the illustrator, who I never met, found her through my publisher. She um, allowed me to send photos of our chickens. And so her illustrations look like the actual chickens, as you see in that photo of me holding Mr. Ken. And we didn't intend to have a rooster. You know, we got these little baby chicks that were all supposed to be female and, you know, watching them growing. And one of them seemed to be getting a little bit bigger comb. And I remember saying to my husband, do you think this one looks a little different? Is it a different kind? And, and he said, I think that may be a rooster. And sure enough, and I was actually with Ken the first day he tried to crow. And it was so cute. It was like just this, it needed to come out of him. And then once he started he has never stopped. Yeah. It's a misnomer that it's first thing in the morning. Yep, exactly. I don't know how people ever got the idea that it was first thing in the morning. And it has nothing to do with the sunrise either. It has nothing to do with it. Another <laughs> very funny thing to me is people just don't really understand chickens. And I have had so many people ask me if we have a rooster because you have to have one for your hens to lay eggs. And I find that funny, but it is a common misconception. And of course you don't. They'll lay eggs without a rooster just fine. It's just the eggs won't be fertilized. Yeah, exactly. Someone, I don't remember who told me this. I don't know who to give it credit to, but somebody once said to me, we don't need a man around to ovulate every month. And that's what hens are doing. They're just ovulating every day. Right. It's just a matter of fertilizing the egg or not. Yeah. Yes, in my um, hen's first year, they did, once they started laying eggs, I remember it was Labor Day weekend, we had our first egg. So they were hatched beginning of April in 2019. And then Labor Day weekend that year, they started laying basically all at the same time. And they laid constantly for a year. And I'd heard other people say that they typically don't lay during the winter And so I thought my hens were just different, but they weren't. And so now that they're older, they don't lay during the winter. They just started laying again recently. It's nice to have their eggs again. Yeah, exactly. 
I know I have a article on my website about eggless living because back when we started with enough hens for us, we would not have any eggs for a couple of months during the winter. Now that we sell eggs and so we have so many, we get a few. So we personally have plenty of eggs during the winter, but we don't have enough to sell because yeah, it's hardly anybody is laying. Right. How many chickens do you have? Um, We usually have about 70 now. That's a lot. Yeah, it is. A different experience, I'm sure, when you have that many from my little intimate relationship with mine. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. There was a children's camp at our farm for um, three years before COVID. And I got some Bantam Cochins specifically for the camp. And so that was kind of like my little experience, you know, with like just a small flock of chickens. And it did work great because they're so small and such a sweet breed that the children could just go pick them up and walk around with them. Like they were pets. (laughs) That's precious. So I think we had about seven or eight of them. I got to know through this process of writing this book, I think I told you before we started that I work in Wichita, Kansas, and there's a writer for our local paper, the Wichita Eagle, who I found out through kind of friends was also a chicken person. And so she ended up doing an article on my book in the paper and it was fun getting to know her. And recently she currently doesn't have any chickens, but she lives in town in Wichita and she had, I think, four or five hens at one time and had predator problems like a lot of people do. We have two. We have not been immune from predators, but she recently wrote an article on what the realities are of owning backyard chickens. You know, that a lot of people you're hearing right now saying, oh, we want free eggs, so we're going to get some chickens, you know, so that we'll have free eggs. And she goes into a lot of detail in this article about how much you end up spending, especially if you become crazy about the chickens like she did and I did. And it's true. I mean, those eggs, if I figured out how much I paid into the chickens with the organic food they eat, (laughs) you know, and the security of their coop and their run area so that no fox or anyone else can break into it. You know, how much effort my husband has put into that and time. Yeah, those eggs are expensive. (laughs) So you got your chickens in 2019. So that was four years ago. How are they laying now? You know, it's slower. Like I said, they just started again this spring. Three of them for sure are laying again. And a little bit slower, but beautiful eggs. Yeah, they're they're good at it. We're getting enough right now to feed. My husband has an egg every morning, and we're getting enough to feed ourselves for any egg needs we have. Yeah. It's really nice that they've started again. And I just, another thing I was going to say about chickens is, Right now, I'm at my office being a lawyer, and I'll go home, get home about five or so, and I'll spend the evening outside with the chickens. I let them out of their run as soon as I get home so they can have the entire backyard. Um, We had a fox breach our backyard not too long ago, and we had thought that no fox could get into our backyard, but learned otherwise. They can definitely climb fences is really harrowing and there's a fox we live on four acres inside a a town and there is a fox 
probably living in our barn. We have a big old barn. So I have to be cautious. So I just stay with the chickens all evening until the sun goes down and they go in. And it's just beautiful time. I find them so relaxing. Their energy is so sweet and good. They're constantly doing funny things that crack me up. Their latest thing is, this probably isn't all that good for them, but they get very little bit. I've been kind of um, enjoying as a snack pistachios that you, you know, crack open. They've discovered that they love pistachios. So I open a pistachio. I eat half. I, you know, take turns giving them half a pistachio, make sure everybody gets one. And they just think that's the biggest deal. They're all about that. They come and stand on my feet. They're so excited. Oh, that sounds so cute. <laughs> yeah, they're they're cute. And I tried in the book, I tried to include a lot of descriptive things about chicken behavior, like the flapping of their wings when they're happy or acknowledging me. They do that a lot if I walk past one of the chickens and say hello, you know, hello, Barbie, or whoever it is. I'll get the flap, flap, flap of the wings. And they do that to each other. You know, they'll cross paths and they flap at each other. It's a, you know, it's kind of a wave or I don't know, but it's definitely an acknowledgement that they're saying hello. Yeah, that's cool. Well, I really enjoyed your book. I got it about a week and a half ago and I was going to read it to my grandson last week so I could get a five-year-old's review of it. Yes. Fortunately, you got a horrible viral thing last week. Like it wasn't COVID, but um, he was sick last week. And so I didn't want to get what he had. So I stayed away. (laughs) That was wise. Well, you can still read it to him and let me know. I love getting the children reviews. Yes. So I am really excited about reading this to him because he loves coming out to the farm and seeing the animals and stuff. And so it's going to be, it'll be really fun to get his take on it, but I think he's going to really like it. I hope so. And I do hope you'll let me know. And the other thing I think kids can relate to with chickens is kids and their friends. That's such an important part of life for them. And and the older, you know, kids get, the more important their social group is. And, you know, just all of that learning that they have to do, how to get along, how to deal with somebody being in a bad mood and, you know, all of those things. And chickens are so social. They are such a flock. And watching them, how they work out getting along, the little arguments they have. The argument I have in the book, the chapter about Henny and Penny arguing over who's prettier. Yes. I probably pulled that up from my deep recesses of my mind somewhere. My sister and I, you know, arguing about something as silly as that. And, you know, whatever it is the chickens are actually arguing over, it's probably pretty silly. And so I thought that was maybe a good idea for what they could be arguing about. Yeah, I love that. As soon as I read it, I thought, this is a perfect argument. This is exactly the kind of argument that children have with each other. Right. Just silly. And there's no, nobody's right. <laughs> yep, exactly. So, and then you and you added in all the chicken behaviors and stuff. And I know when my kids were home, we used to always make up stories about, you know, what the chickens were saying to each other and stuff like that. Yeah, and they do converse and they clearly have names for each other. Our rooster has a name for my husband. He'll announce it. He sees my husband's red pickup truck coming home and he announces his name. So everybody knows that he's there. It'd be really, really interesting to know what they're communicating 
but it's friendly stuff. It's stuff about where there are good things to pack and who knows, very complex. It's also made me look at and listen to other birds more too. Um, when I'm outside, which I am a lot, you know, I think there's so many similarities and you hear them calling to each other from up in the trees. And I think they all have pretty complex social lives. Yeah, exactly. Well, this has been so much fun. And I really think that people who have chickens or who at least want their children to have like more accurate children's animal stories will really love this. So where can people buy your book? They can um, Google um, the name of it, The Tales of Mr. Ken Rooster and the Six Sassy Hens or my name. And it should come up online. Look directly on Amazon. It's on Barnes and Noble. Mascot Books, my publisher. You can buy it through them but it comes up online as readily available. Awesome. And if people want to get in touch with you personally, how can they find you? I am on Facebook, just me as an individual. It's Diane Sorensen. And so message me, reach out. Certainly people can do that. I would be happy to hear from anyone who wants to talk about my book. And we will definitely have links to the book and to your Facebook page in the show notes in case anybody's on the website or all the other podcast players. Thank Thank you so much for inviting me to be on your program. And now I'm going to have to go read your books. (laughs) I think it's awesome that you moved from the urban into the country and that you love it and have embraced it. Thanks so much for joining us today. Yes. Thank you. And that's it for today's episode. You can find show notes at thriftyhomesteader.com slash book chat, as well as a transcript. If you haven't already done so, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. You can also find Thrifty Homesteader on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. See you next week on Sustainability Book Chat.